We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, in this episode of A3 Life, we're going to be talking about onboarding your prospects and how to get people started and a little bit about business and what we do. So please enjoy today's episode. So we're just going to do a really quick catch-up sesh because we didn't record last week. Um, Alan was on Disney vacation, so I think we need to talk a little bit about that. Alicia's a grandma again, so we should talk a little bit about that. And then, obviously, I was doing my IVF stuff. Um, we kind of talked about that a couple of episodes ago. Um, so we've been kind of busy. So, Allie, let's start with family vacation. And I just want to add... She, it's like a huge family vacation. It's not just like a, a baby's got a bunch of kids mm-hmm. and then her mom and then her father-in-law and it was just like a whole brigade. So let's talk a little bit about your Disney vacation. Sure. And I will do a Disney trips. We can do a Disney trips pot or tips and trips. Yes. Tarot. I think we should podcast at some point because I've learned a lot because I've actually done. So before we did the Disney trip in February. I hadn't been since I was six. So I've planned both of these myself and I feel like I've done a reasonably good job doing it considering I hadn't been in 20 years since I was a child. So, um, I have learned a lot. So we can do a podcast around that, but yeah, so I took my 72 year old mother, my 82 year old father-in-law and five children, obviously my husband as well. So like six children really, um, (laughs) to Disney. And this time we did a little different than we did in February. We flew in February. We decided for whatever reason to drive this time. Lord help me. If I ever decide to do that again, guys just kill me. Okay. So remind you not to do that next time. Yeah. I mean like on the way down, it was okay. On the way back was hellacious. We hit bad weather, and you're just like ready to get home. Like, yes. Oh. And it rained all the way from Orlando to north of Atlanta. So it took us forever because we were in this humongous 15 passenger high top, like just creeper van and <laughs> all these kids. And so it was a bit move. <laughs> Yeah, it was eventful. We had, I think, like 37 suitcases with us. And my mom doesn't walk well because she has neuropathy in her feet. So we had this little buggy for her that we had to load and unload every single time. Like we went to a park. It just, this time it was a little bit stressful. It was like every, I've said this both trips that we went, it like, we've done like six days and by like day four we're finally like getting into like our groove and the routine and and I'm no longer like in a terrible mood and so stressed out and I've just like I'm just gonna let it go and like enjoy this and then it's time to leave (laughs) it's like it takes me three quarters of the trip to like start enjoying myself every single time so yeah so I'll do some Disney tips and tricks Uh, yeah I think that'd be a good future podcast because I see it like so often obviously I live in Florida I'm not a frequent flyer of Disney. 
Um, but I do know a little bit, but I know Allie and traveling with a big family and a big group, I think that'll be super helpful. So yeah, it was to be 10 days. So me yeah, too. That was a long time. I'm glad, glad you're home. Glad to be home too. All right, Alicia, let's talk about being a grandma again. Grandma again. So super exciting. I had my second granddaughter. Um, so in one year's time, literally, um, well, not in one year's time, I had two granddaughters. So my oldest granddaughter is six. Um, and so we just had a new granddaughter. I have a grandson. And so literally in one year's time, um, my son, Joey and Lily had Raiden. Um, so October, 2018, they had Raiden and then October, 2019, they had Nova. So super exciting. I got to spend a lot of time with Raiden so that way they could rest because him being one years old, he is wild. And you guys, I think like we forget, like I haven't had a baby, you know, my youngest now is seven. So it's been seven years um, since I've been chasing around a little one. You guys, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Like, yeah, you just forget props to you, Allie, <laughs> because you're still chasing a baby. <laughs> Two. Ooh, gosh, baby's got a lot of kids. Well, that's exciting. Yes, and congratulations. Exciting. I know that was big. And did she have the baby? Did Lily have the baby on her birthday? She like did. On, on Lily's her birthday. birthday? Yep. So mama had the baby on her birthday. You know, she was super excited about it. Maybe I'm a selfish bitch. I don't know. But I would be like, oh, hell no. I don't want to share my birthday with somebody. I'd be like, I'm going to hold that baby in for a day longer. But no, um, he, uh, she was born on her birthday. It was really super cute. And I got to be there. I actually got to watch the birth. It was so freaking awesome. Okay. Oh, that's cute. It's, it's so weird. Cause I was just telling um, one of my friends, Lacey, I'm like, it's so crazy because you know, when you give birth as a mom, you know, like as soon as that baby comes out, it's just so you have this crazy, like crazy love for that baby, just protective. And you just like want to, you know, and it's so weird because that same feeling happens when your grandbaby comes out. It's like, as soon as she came out, it's like just tears are falling. And it's like, you love that baby the same way. But the hard part is, is you don't get to have it. I mean, you get to like, like, you know, it's your grandbaby, but you have to like, <laughs> you know, like when I left, I'm like, wait, but aren't I supposed to be taking her home? <laughs> I love her, but it's, it's, it's a really awesome, good feeling, but it's crazy. That's it's crazy. cute. I've heard being a grandparent's like literally like even better than being a parent. I think because you get to send them home. I don't yeah, know. Because you can share responsibility. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Um, and then me, uh, like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, um, we started the IVF process. So we did meds and checkups and all of that. And then actually yesterday was my retrieval day and they retrieved six eggs. And then I got the call this morning that three of those eggs fertilized. So, so our next step is how many make it today? Five. So we're just kind of in the waiting period. Um, yesterday I was a little tired from the anesthesia. I mean, they put me to sleep. So I pretty much kind of laid around a little crampy pretty much slept the whole day today, pretty well back to normal with the exception. I can't go back to working out for at least a week. So my days are a little bit different. I'm like, Hmm, I have a lot of time when I don't work out. Um, I slept <laughs> till like 11 o'clock, but all gym all, is like an hour away. It's like an hour. Exactly. There, an hour back so it's like three hour. hours. Yeah. So it's three hours on my day. I'm like, wow, I have a lot of time not working out. I mean, I miss it terribly, but, um, anyhow, that's kind of, I'm like, I said, I feel pretty good. Just waiting on kind of the five day, 
update will be our next date and then transfer eventually. We're not doing that automatically. I've heard a lot of people ask and like how that works. And some people do what's called a fresh transfer. Um, and they would be transferring like on day five, but we are not, we're doing frozen. So whatever makes it to day five will be put in the little baby freezer where they can. And then like, when will you decide, like, do you just have like a set day that you want to do it no matter what? Yeah. Well, no, my clinic is, they give you X amount of days to choose from for the month. Um, and depending on blood work and, you know, labs and ultrasound and levels and this and that. So, I mean, we have a tentative date, but I'm not, I'm not going to really talk about that yet because there's just so many things that could kind of go into play there. So that's my update. I just wanted to really quickly do updates because we've been so busy. Like, like I said, I feel like we haven't even really talked to each other. It's been, I mean, while we do talk to each other and we're always connected, it's like, it's been very chaotic and like kind of lonely. Um, so it's good Aww. to kind of catch up. We're all Yep, missed y'all. Hey guys, this is Allie with A3 Life. And today we're going to be talking about how to get somebody started in your network marketing business. As many of you guys know, we are professional network marketers. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe this is your first show, but this is something that we do full time. And if you are in a position where you're joining a network marketing company or you're interested in joining a network marketing company, but you're not sure how easy it may be to get somebody started, how difficult that may be, maybe you just joined and you don't know how to get somebody started, uh, stay tuned for today's show because we're going to give you six or seven tips on the best way to get somebody started in a All right. I think one of the tips I would definitely give is finding out exactly how much money they want to make. Like what is a realistic goal for them versus, I mean, cause I feel like that's kind of different for everyone. You know, someone might be getting involved just to get their kids braces every month. You know, maybe someone's getting involved because they want to work this full time. Eventually we don't know kind of where they are as far as that goes. So I think finding out like how serious are you about making money and what is a number goal um, to kind of keep them on track. And I feel like just narrowing it down to that specific goal is hugely important. So know how much money they want to make at the beginning. And that doesn't mean it's not going to change later, but definitely at least have some idea of how much money they want to make while doing your business. Yeah. I think that one thing, probably the majority of us came on to make a supplemental type income. It just so happened. And by the grace of God and a whole lot of hard work that we ended up in full-time incomes in the six and seven figure levels. But I don't think any of us probably ever started out thinking we could get there. In fact, I've had two people this week alone approach me in the manner of, Hey, I have some friends that are interested in this. Do I have a way of sharing this with them where I could earn a little bit back towards my products? And, um, so finding out exactly what that goal is, I think is a good jumping off point for everybody. Yeah. Cause some numbers are scary to people. If I told people how much money I made, they were like, no, I can't do it. You know what I mean? No. Or any of us, quite frankly, if they knew it how much sounds, any of us made. It sounds intimidating. It sounds unreachable. You know what I mean? And unrealistic a lot. And I think a lot of times, you know, like we get so excited and we want to be so successful that we push off on other people. Like you want to make millions, you want to make millions. And we push it all off like that because we want our team to get going and excited and to be building the way that we are building. But 
One of the things that I think we should keep in mind is that statistically people are about $500 away from a life changing tragedy, like, you know, losing their home and things like that. So really a couple hundred to $500, um, I mean, is a huge difference. And I think that that's something you should approach people with, you know, would you like to make hundred dollars a month that usually is enough to cover products it's usually enough to you know what I mean kind of build on and then maybe cover some bills and just kind of go from there versus coming out like would you like to be a millionaire by tomorrow right expectations well and you know um one of my associates in my downline said something that I've heard so many times but just the way she said it made it click even for me and a lot of the times when when people are quoted, well, it's going to be this much to start. They'll tell you that they can't afford that. But she has started very consistently simply asking people, do you have or know five friends or family members that would be interested in losing weight? And, you know, this is obviously in particular for our business. And most people could think of five people and then helping those people to get started in order to help the original person get started. And it's like, if you can figure out what exactly is stopping them from getting started um, and then giving them realistic goals of let's just focus on getting your product paid for. Let's just focus on making $100, $200 let's pay for your car payment, whatever it may be, those small goals, if they can just focus on those, chances are, if they have their eyes set on that, they may even exceed that. And then if they exceed them, then that will, they'll want more and they'll want more. And that's where you'll end up with those super excited uh, runners in your businesses. Um, Another thing that is going to be important, especially for moms, dads, people with full-time jobs is what kind of time do they have to commit to this? I know this was a huge um, setback for me when I first began the business. I'm sure it was for you guys as well as moms and as working moms. But uh, I worked a job where I drove a car anywhere from like three to 14 hours a day. So driving behind the wheel of a car was a little bit difficult sometimes to be on my phone and working a business, which is how we primarily work our businesses. So I had to get very, very creative in those spaces and time. And I think that a really good habit um, for us to start getting into is if when somebody tells you, yes, I am interested, no matter what the commitment level, no matter what the the goal income wise is, if we can tell them, you know, what is your day like? How much realistic time do you have to communicate with people, to do reach outs, to do follow-ups, to do check-ins, all those different things. If they can be honest with us and us say, okay, well then these are the things I want you to do in that three hours a day that you have. Uh, that's setting somebody up for success. And it's also not overwhelming them because if, if we showed them what we did in a day when we worked this all day, you know, versus their three hours, I think. And, you know, if you only have three hours, stay super laser focused. That's going to be the key when you, when you get into working with people, they're like, I only have, you know, an hour a day, seven hours a week, whatever. It's like, you better make whatever time you have, like super productive and stay on task. So I think encouraging to do that as well is super important. Yeah, let me try to see what I want to add on to that exactly. I have so much to say about this whole subject. You know, I think time is, you know, 
it's, it's so different for everybody. And I think as your business evolves and grows, the time and the things you do changes a lot. So like you said, um, Elisa, and like, I totally agree with that. You know, you can't come at a new person and try to expect them to do what, you know, like what you're probably doing because it looks so different in the beginning than it does, you know, once your organization is large and huge. But I think, you know, people think that they have to jump in full time and do this when actually anybody can really get started in a network marketing business part time. But like you said, you have to be focused. You have to make sense out of what you're doing and set like a DMO, a daily method of operation that you're going to stick to, you know? And I mean, you have to show up though. That's the thing. You know, if you're going to set the time for your business and it's going to be part-time like that, you have to show up for those part-time hours. If you want to turn that, you know, part-time business into a full-time um, business, I mean, it has to grow. You have to show up every single day and make it work. But I mean, it, it's, you don't want to say it's not that hard because it is, it's, it's dedication and time, but is it really that hard? I mean, we do this from our phones. How hard actually is that? You know, one of the things on here is, you know, like starting your contact list, you know, um, you know, getting people started correctly. You know, when I first started, I had no idea what that meant, but, and I think a lot of times we count people out. You know, you start a business, you're helping people get started and you're thinking, who am I going to talk to? You know, I mean, the crazy part is, is most people, especially if you're working on social media, most people don't go on social media and talk about their financial struggles. Some people do. I mean, some people blast everything on social media, but not everybody does. So, you know, I mean, most of the time people are posting a lot of their positive and, um, you know what I mean? They're, they're posting their positive life stuff on social media. And so we don't see sometimes that people are struggling financially. And so we assume that some people may not need a certain opportunity. And so we kind of count them out. But I think, you know, like when you get started and when you're helping somebody get started, you need to help them write their list and, you know, write, you know, put down at least a hundred people, a hundred people on that list without counting people out and assuming because assumptions are one thing you should really do away when starting your business. Because like I said, you absolutely never know who may need what you have. And if you count people out, you could be cutting people short. So sit down, you know, help your new person sit down, make a list of a hundred and start one by one reaching out to those people and, you know, letting them know what you have because people, I mean, we assume that like customers and associates are going to fall out of the ceiling or out of the sky or whatever, just fall into your lap, but that's not the way it goes. You have to actually reach out to people and let them know what it is that you're offering. And I, something I want to point out with that while making a list, I always try to encourage people like think of people you genuinely want to work with and put a star next to their name. And then when you approach them, let them know that like, Hey, Allie, I admire you so much. I would genuinely really love to work with you. So can I tell you about this business opportunity? Because it makes it easier to work with people that you're like super excited to work with, right? So while making the list, just put a little star next to those people that you're like, oh, I would, I would really like to like have her in my gang. I would like to have her, you know, slinging 
sharing these products with me and showing up at events with me and doing team calls with me. Like who is someone that you genuinely want to do business with? I think that's important when you, when you get into that list as well. And telling them why you wanted to do the business, you know, uh, don't assume that they have a, a specific need. I think that's where we pigeonhole each ourselves into something because, um, quite frankly, everybody does want to lose five pounds. We're obviously in the health and wellness industry, um, are the three of us, but everybody wants to lose five pounds or more. Everybody needs a couple extra hundred dollars, but don't, I don't think pigeonhole yourself into, I was wondering, do you want to lose weight? Or I was wondering this or that. Why don't you just tell them why you chose to partner with the company that you're partnering with? You know, if it's a, a skincare, a hair care, a health and wellness or makeup, I don't care what it is. Why did you pick it? There's a reason, you know, I, I lost 20 pounds and I feel amazing. And I want to tell everybody, and this is what it's done for me. And this is why I'm so excited and just see if any of that like resonates with them. But I know a lot of people will hear that, like, just make a list of a hundred people and be like, I don't know a hundred people. I know that if somebody would have said that to me, I would have said the exact same thing. But I tell even to this day, four and a half years into this business, when I start somebody, I do want them to make a list of people that are interested. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to use your Facebook contact list. There's, you know, most people have hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of Facebook friends that are all levels of acquaintance, friend, family, some, your husband's ex-girlfriend, you just want to stalk or whatever. Everybody has hundreds of like random friends on Facebook. So start there. And it's a great place to have a memory jogger where you can go to your, the friends section of your Facebook and just start scrolling and say, Oh, there's aunt Betty. There's my cousin Susie Q. I don't know, whatever. There's my ex-husband's, my girlfriend, my, my husband's ex-girlfriend or whatever. Like maybe to recruit all these exes. <laughs> I know. Get them all, get them all in the business. Like why not? But use that, utilize that tool, um, uh, as a memory jogger. Love and I that. love like Elisa, when you're saying like the whole thing about, you know, you want to connect with people like you, that whole, your, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe thing. That, that is like, that is something to really think about. Like, like these are people that. you're going to be doing business with yeah, a long time. You run with people that you jive with and that you get along with instead of like wanting to ram your head into a wall when you have to talk to somebody. Like, I mean, Oh, yeah. it's so-and-so. Perfect. Well, I think, you know, this kind of ties in together. Um, and this is huge is not only accountability, but are you willing to let your upline or your sponsor hold you accountable? And what exactly does that look like? Because I think for each distributor, that's a little bit different. Um, that personalities come into play. Some people want to be checked in with all the time and they need to be checked in with all the time. And if you don't check in with them all the time, they're going to get upset or they're going to think you don't like them or they're going to think they're not good enough. And then you have people that are just like, leave me alone. Let me run wild and do my thing. And then you have people that just, you know, so are you willing to let your upline hold you accountable for what you're doing in your business, not as a boss. And I, I've seen so many sponsors and upline just take this stupid concept of being like someone's boss. And I'm like, excuse me, you're like, not the boss, you know? So if you are trying to be someone's boss mentality, people didn't sign up here to have a boss. They signed up to have 
you know, someone to run with or, you know, guidance and support and, you know, education, things like that. They didn't sign up to have another boss and more than likely they're trying to get away from a boss. So if you're a sponsor or an upline and I hear this all the time, like, you know, my upline only lets me do this or my sponsor says only do this one way. And there's so many ways to do so many different things in this business. If you, a sponsor are, you know, just like, Oh, this is the only way to do it. You could really be hindering someone. So, you know, sponsor accountability. Um, what are you willing to let that happen? And what exactly does that look like? And kind of establish that at the beginning. That doesn't mean it's not going to change, but, you know, kind of establish that at the beginning of your relationship. What does accountability look like with your sponsor? I think that's huge. And, you know, like I have like this like little sheet when people get started that kind of breaks down and goes through all of that stuff, you know, like, um, you know, what type of accountability do you want to have? You know, like, um, you know, how, you know, how often, you know, like basically what are you, what are you putting into this business and, you know, what type of accountability do you want? And if you're not, you know, like doing such and such, how do you want to be approached? I mean, like I have people fill out this thing, this form, because then when you're reaching out to them and you're trying to like encourage them or motivate them, you know, sometimes when people start slacking a little bit and you call them out, they get a little butthurt about it. But the thing is, if you can lean back and be like, listen here, Sally, you said if I was slacking, you wanted me to reach out to you and to hold you accountable. So here I am, you know what I mean? And people can't get so upset because I think, you know, accountability is really good. I think we all need it in most areas of our but you know, in business, I really think it's good. But like you said, Elisa, like that doesn't mean that somebody is your boss. Like you can't tell somebody what they have to do in their business. For one, they're their own person. And I mean, there's so many great ideas that have come from people, you know, breaking out and trying new things and doing their own thing. I mean, yes, there is, you know, the saying like, why reinvent the wheel? Um, I understand that, you know, reinventing the wheel, but, but that doesn't mean you can't add oil to the wheel and you can't, you know what I mean? You can't take what's Tweak already works and what's already effective and like help it be more productive. For you, you know, personally. Like, right. Because we're all, you know, yeah. I use the same script as some of the associates on my team. It wouldn't sound anything like me. Right. So, I mean, there are some people that are just so hardcore, like my sponsor said, I have to read this and it doesn't sound anything like them. You're like, no, 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 no. You know, not literally, but you know, it's the right idea. So yeah, totally agree. I think that too, it's a, it's a good thing, um, to know what their expectation of you is, you know, if it is a, I'm just kind of doing this to see how it goes to dabble, to maybe sell some samples or starter packs or whatever your particular company offers, uh, some mascara or toothpaste or whatever it may be, um, if they just want to dabble a little bit, they don't probably want to hear from you all the time. Maybe they just want you to answer their questions when it come when it comes up on the business side of things. And then other than that, they just want you to support them in their weight loss journey and cheer them on, you know, um, that sort of thing. I've had people 
who don't want to be publicly recognized. They're embarrassed. They don't want their husband, their family, their this or that knowing. And that's important to me to know because I'm somebody who, when I have somebody building, I want to be their biggest cheerleader. So I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm going to like make graphics with their faces on it and, and cheer them on. And if they don't want that, that's important for me to know on the flip side, if they need that, um, that's important to know as well. So what kind of accountability do you want? Do you want a private accountability? Do you want to be publicly celebrated and recognized? Is this something that you just kind of want to keep on the down low for now? You know, all of those things go into accountability and what their needs are and what their expectations are as well. And like you said, what they expect from you as well. I think we should add that, you know, what do you want from me? You know, I think that's important. Yeah. And in the end, at the end of the day, this is a partnership and hopefully a long-term one, uh, whether it's on the business level or weight loss level, or you just start giving me referrals or any of that thing. Um, we do hope it is a long-term partnership. And so that's an important conversation to have. Yeah. We want you forever. Yeah. And ever. And ever. And ever. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Um, okay. So we covered how much money do they want to make? How much time can they commit? Uh, what kind of level of accountability do you want? Contacting people. Um, but the next thing that I think needs to be covered that your responsibility to them would be to go over with them what their requirements are as a distributor. Uh, every company is different. Every comp plan is gonna be a little bit different those requirements are going to vary. So what you don't want to do is not set them up for success in that if there's a chance, you know, for example, we have some fast start bonuses where they could make a quick extra $500 uh, on top of their other commissions. If I don't tell them about that, I am failing them as their upline, as their leader. So making sure they understand their requirements, not only on what it it takes for them to get paid, what is expected of them as far as ordering any products, if that's something your company does, an auto ship, if that's something your company does, um, a PV level, if that's something your company does, obviously those need to be covered so that they know that they're checking all their boxes to collect that paycheck. But also what bonuses, what extras, what specials, deals, promotions are going on that they can achieve if they complete X amount of things? And what should that first goal be to get there? Right. And, you know, sometimes there's some going on in like private groups, like maybe you have your own. And I think this can kind of be added to that, like introducing them. Do you have a Facebook group page? How do you communicate? Do you do team calls? Do you do, you know, just setting them up with the right tools, whatever that looks like, you know, as simple as possible. I see this happen a lot. Someone signs a new distributor and they add them to 5,489 million group pages. I'm out. Like that's super Mm -hmm. overwhelming. Do not do that. Like do not, that's not setting someone up for success. I realize you're trying to give them all the tools, but my suggestion is put them kind of in your core group or whatever you use to corely communicate. And then kind of like, Oh, well, here's another group. If you're interested, do not go add them, tag them in 5 million different things. Because quite frankly, if it were me, I would quit like on day one, I can't do this. You know? Yeah. Whenever, uh, Alicia did that training, uh, for us for our power hour, she said, 
I had a girl hit the very first rank of our company, which means she enrolled five people in that first week starting. Then she added her to the team groups. Just took under her wing, worked with her, missed, contacted people, did three-way chats, questions, really, really, you know, took her under her wing, shielded her, guarded her, protected her, showed her everything, how to communicate with people, how to talk to people, what to say, what are available, worked with her very, very close. And then when we hit that first rank, added her to the groups. And then she, as we go along, maybe I'll add her to something else and then something else and then something else. But right now I'm going to work with her where she's at. And I think that's smart because I think when people get overwhelmed, they pull back. They're like, uh, yeah, this is a bit too much. So, you know, I mean, I kind of started doing it a little bit different too, um, just to kind of test some little bit of some theory here with the overwhelming stuff. But, you know, um, I just have basically a single chat for all my new level ones. And when they first join, I put them only in that. And we walk through. <laughs> we had to stop and pose for a picture. Just saying. <laughs> um, anyways, but um, we just walk through like their first week, their first two weeks of getting started because, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much more when somebody gets started with the business, there's so much that goes into it. And if you can just kind of hold their hand for a little bit and walk them through stuff, so they're not overwhelmed, but they're not lost and help them. Um, you know, I mean, one of the things that, um, I think we also wanted to cover on here and I kind of almost feel like it goes with this is launching your business. You know, um, when a person first starts out, like, I mean, like any other store, you know, if, if you open a restaurant, you're gonna have a business launch. You're going to have, you know, something to let people know that you're open because I mean, it, customers don't fall from the sky. You have to let people know that your, you know, your store is open. And sometimes people have no clue how to actually do that. And so if you help just walk somebody through the simple steps of, you know, slowly not spamming, not puking all over people, but slowly launching their business, especially on their social media platforms, they're going to have way more success. So that's what I do. I kind of have my people in like a, a group chat with my other level ones that slowly go through the launching of your business. And I mean, even from the time that, you know, you're waiting for your products to come. And I think that's been very helpful. Awesome. I love that. So I hope you all got some tips, found out some tricks, learned something new, you know, maybe thought it, this inspired a, a good idea for you, or maybe to put something in a play or place for how you're launching your business or what you're going to do in the future. Um, things that we've seen happen in our business. And, and I think the important thing here is, and, and I think both of you said this, both Allie and Alicia have mentioned this, is it's constantly changing. So what it looks like now and what your day looks like now and what your DMO looks like now, you know, what your list looks like now, it's not going to look the same. Probably in six weeks from now, six months, and dang sure not six years from now, that list is not going to look the same. So, you know, be willing to budge and modify and change and, you know, update things. That's perfectly fine. Um, but this is just kind of a little basic, here's some tips, get you started. Um, things that we've seen happen. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you um, pick some tips up off this episode.
Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life, dot biz.